This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Lord God, we ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Touch our hearts and our lives and bring us closer to you than ever before. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all, all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. Hypothetically speaking, let's say there's a guy named Bill. And let's say that this guy, Bill, goes to uh, the kitchen and looks in the refrigerator about 8.30 one night this past week. And, and let's say that he was looking for shredded cheese so that he could make some nachos. And he knows there's shredded cheese, but he can't find it, right? And, and so let's say that he hypothetically calls out to his wife named Jackie and, and calls out from behind the refrigerator door, do we have any shredded cheese? And she responds, yes, I think it's on the second shelf. And Bill looks at the second shelf all over, can't find anything, right? So he calls out, I don't see it. So Jackie gets off the couch, joyfully, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> right? Goes into the kitchen, Bill steps out of the way. She looks in the refrigerator, and within a nanosecond, she has the shredded cheese in her hand and hands it to Bill with a smile on her face, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Have you ever missed anything that was right in front of you? Today, as we continue our series, Miracles, Nothing is Impossible, we're going to go back to 50 days after the, the very first Easter and ask that, that God the Holy Spirit would open our eyes, would open our minds, would open our hearts to see who we've been missing all along. And so to do this, we're going to go back to the, a New Testament book, the book of Acts, chapter 2, and, and this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost came, okay, Pentecost, that's 50 days after that first Easter. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. When we hear these words, our, our, our minds typically are, are drawn to a couple of the things. The one is the sound, right? The, the sound of a, a rushing and, and violent wind. We wonder, what was that sound really like? Was it like uh, an engine on a jet plane as it's taxiing down the runway? Is that, is that sound like a, a tornado, like a, a freight train that filled that room? We just, we worry about the sound. 
And then we run into the, the tongues of fire and how it separated and, and came to, to each of them. And we wonder, what was that like? Were they freaking out when they looked around? Were they laughing? Because, man, you look funny with that flame on your head. We wonder, did they, did they look around and see everybody had this flame on the head and wonder, do I have it too? Was it hot in there? How did their hair keep from burning? We get all distracted by these things. You see, we're missing the point. See, what the, the point is, is that that sound of the wind and the, and the flames of fire, that's a representation. That's God, okay? That God has come to them. This is a, a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies that we find in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Joel, where the presence of God has left the Old Testament temple to come and reside in the temple, the bodies of the believers. And we so often miss that. So you can kind of think of it this way at Christmas time. We celebrate Jesus, God, coming and making his dwelling among us. And at Pentecost, we celebrate God coming and, and making his dwelling in us. If you're a believer that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit, God, living in you right now. Have you been missing that? If you don't believe that, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, know right now that the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to come in. Have you been missing that? Here's how we know that the Holy Spirit wants to come into to everybody's heart. Back to Acts chapter 2. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine to drink. See, in Jerusalem at the time, there, there were God-fearing people of the Jewish religion from all over the then-known world present. And when they heard the sound of that rushing wind, that, that violent sound, they, they went running toward it. 
We can kind of think of like our, our grade schoolers when they hear a siren. They either run to the window or they run to the, to the corner to see, is it a police car? Is it a fire truck? Is it an ambulance? They go, they go running to it. And as they get closer to the sound, what all these, these people are hearing is that the disciples are speaking and they can hear them in their own language. Many different languages are involved. They're all intelligible languages. Real languages, they're not babbling and, and just blurting out syllables and stuff. No, these are real languages that the disciples are speaking fluently. They're using proper grammar, syntax, word order, the whole nine yards, okay? Real intelligible languages. And keep in mind, this isn't the, the disciples that they've, they've grabbed up a little book to learn key phrases like we might when we go abroad. You know, they're, they're not learning how to say hi and bye and thank you and, and where's the restaurant and where's the bathroom, okay? They're speaking the language fluently. They're not talking about sports. They're not talking about the weather. They're not talking about how corrupt the government is. They're not talking about Jerusalem Idol or whatever might be one of the most popular shows of the day. They are sharing the wonders of God. They're sharing the wonders of God and everybody is hearing it in their own language. Now, some tried to discredit the messengers and their message by saying of the disciples as they were speaking in those intelligible languages, saying that they're day drinkers. They're drunk. And Peter, one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus, gets up and says to those God-fearing Jewish people, he goes, hey, I know you guys. I know you guys are really religious. I know you know the prophecies, like in the prophecy of Joel, that says that there will be a time when the Holy Spirit will come upon the people and they will prophesy about the Messiah. And Peter says, you're in the middle of that prophecy right now. Peter goes on and makes it crystal clear that this Jesus, and to understand, all those people, all those people that Jews, they knew about Jesus. They knew Jesus existed, okay? So when he's saying Jesus, they, they know who he's talking about. And I want you to know that because they know that Jesus existed, we can know that he existed too, and Peter says this Jesus who was crucified and died and lives again, just as the scripture said he would, he is that Messiah. And so Peter just cuts to the chase with the ending the first part of his message and he said to them, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, check this out, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And the people are caught. They're busted. They know what happened. They're devastated. 
their heart sank. Have you ever been caught red-handed? You're cruising down the highway. Cars are passing you, passing you. And so you speed up. You pop over a hill. And all of a sudden, the lights go on, hypothetically speaking. And you're caught. Or, or maybe like when you were a, a kid and, and your mom or your dad said, now don't eat anything before supper. We'll be eating soon. I don't want you to ruin your supper. And man, it's like 4.45, 5 o'clock, and you are hungry. And you've noticed there's no sound around. Nobody's around. And you know where the cookies are at. And you start making your way to the cookies. You're listening. You don't hear anything. And you reach in and you grab that cookie and you've got that delight in your hand. And all of a sudden you hear your mom call out your name, hypothetically speaking. And you're caught. Busted her. You see this on the news, right? Someone says, no, I wasn't even in the area. I didn't do it. I wasn't even anywhere close. And they show the surveillance video with the timestamp, and you're caught. The, the people were caught, it was clear they killed the Messiah. Was there any hope? The scriptures go on. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. As Peter continued on in his message, they heard the word of God, and they had a change of mind. They had a change of heart. They repented. They no longer disregarded Jesus as some crazy person. Instead, they received him as their Lord and Savior. And they not only received him as their Lord and Savior, then they received all of his words, all of his teachings. And they followed him as their Lord and their Savior. Is there anything that you need to repent of? Are there blessings that you have that instead of being thankful for them, you feel more entitled to them? Have you been judging other people by their actions and judging yourself by your intentions? 
you have a case of delayed obedience. For example, are, are you doing something you know you ought not to be doing, and, and you plan to stop sometime over here, but in the meantime, you're going to keep on doing it. Or another example of delayed obedience is you, you know the good you ought to be doing, and, and you want to do it, and you'll get to it sometime over here. Understand, delayed obedience is disobedience. Do you love someone or something or some way of life more than you love God? Let's spend just a little bit of time here in silent reflection. Searching our hearts to see if there's any need of repentance in the front of the resurrected Jesus with the Holy Spirit here. On that first Pentecost day, 3,000 people came to faith. It's a miracle that illustrates to us nothing is impossible. And keep in mind, the miracle is not so much 3,000. It's that anyone came to faith. You see, faith is a miracle. Faith is not a good work. Faith is a God work. The scriptures say no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Friends, I've got great news for you. That word of God that that was shared on that first Pentecost day, that, that word, we have that. Its content has not changed. It's Power has not changed. In our second service today, we're going to have some confirmation students here. They're going to be confirmed and, and, and understand they believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, not because their parents believe, not because their pastors believe, They believe because the word of God was shared with them by their pastors, parents, and others, and the Holy Spirit worked faith in their heart through that message. The scripture says this, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith is the the greatest miracle that happened in in Acts chapter 2. Because spiritually dead people became spiritually alive. Paul, a follower of Jesus, records it for us in a book called the Ephesians. As he begins chapter 2, he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. And then he goes on to the passage that a lot of us are familiar with, that you see on the screen. For it's by grace 
you've been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, faith isn't something that, that we just intellectually decide on. We can't do that. We're spiritually dead. But the Holy Spirit regenerates our hearts, works a miracle in our hearts through the word. See, Paul again says this in Romans chapter 1. says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. For those of us who have received the miracle of faith, who believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, keep in mind, God hasn't asked us to set up a country club. He's asked us to go out into the world just like he did with those first disciples on that first Pentecost to go and share the message of Jesus both physically and now digitally as well. You see, the theology of the Bible is missiology. It is sharing the mission of Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost. In the post-Christian world, churches cannot stop trying to reach the lost with the news of Christ's victory for all people. We share the message, and the Holy Spirit works. God tells us his word will not return to him empty. In Isaiah 55, it says this, as, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So where are you at today? Are you a believer? Oh, thank God, it's, it's a miracle. Go and share Jesus, his word, and his love. Where are you at today? Are you maybe a, a little bit skeptical about all of this? Have you maybe, you know, maybe this is the first time you're hearing about Jesus and his, his perfect life and his innocent death and his powerful resurrection. Or maybe you're, you've talked yourself out of faith. Or, or maybe you've allowed someone to talk you out of your faith. If that's you, know that you're not hearing this message by accident. The Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to come in. See, the, the miracle of the church is this, the miracle of the church, Christ's body, is that either you are a part of it or you're invited to be a part of it. 
Don't miss out. It's right in front of you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for for coming to us in your word today. Lord, we lay ourselves out, whoever we are, whatever we've done, wherever we're at, we just lay that out before you. We ask that you would speak your grace and your mercy and your truth and your life into us and that you would lead us then to share the wonders of God with people close by and far away. All to your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.